What's up, everybody? You know what this is? This is a local show from Ventura, California. And I'm Brian, and we got Joe over here. There's Joe, and this is Shayna, the lovely Shayna. Hi, guys. And we are the, yeah, we're the local show. And this is, uh... You can't get any more local than this. This is, uh... This is damn good. Who is this? It's our guest tonight. Our, our guest tonight? Yes, yes. We're going to start every show like that. <laughs> every show is a surprise for Brian. <laughs> what is this? What are we doing tonight? Are we doing a podcast? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's see. Where, where, where are we? Um, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, what happened this week. How was your, how was your St. Patrick's Day? Uh, well, my St. My St. Patrick's Day was a little uneventful. <laughs> I, I wanted to go out, but um, yesterday we did we did a taping of our new docu series, The Local Stories. We did. We did. Yeah, you were actually. This, this is the show where I just there. don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> were you there? I think so. Oh, yeah, okay. I think I was asking questions <laughs> or something. Just checking. Yeah. yeah. No, it was uh, it was a great shoot with uh, Sean Bellinger. So wow, that's. Yeah. Really excited! That's going to be coming out next week, so it's it's going to be part of yeah. our our new docu series, which I'm so excited about because it's going to tell a story by someone local, and you know we all have a story to tell. We have something that we can share parts of our lives to inspire each other, and I, I think this is this is going to be a really good one to start with. I'm excited about it. Yeah, he has he has a really interesting. Uh story that I was just inspired by. Like, he almost, he almost made me cry at one point. I know, me too. Actually, he did make me, make me yeah. cry. <laughs> oh, well, we're, we're not going to give too much of it away, but uh, next yeah, but week we'll have we're going to be... Yeah, actually, he's going to be on the show next Thursday. So That's going to be so great, it's yeah. a great show. But yeah, I mean, cool. I after that, I was pretty wiped out. <laughs> so didn't do much. Yeah, that was an intense interview, Patrick's actually. Day. Well, it's it's weird. Actually, something something weird happened last night. Check this out, guys. So we decided to stay home and order some food. So we ordered uh, Grubhub. Oh, oh my God, this story. Yes. I forgot about this. (laughs) So we ordered food from Lazy Dog. And, of course, it took took forever. There was like a checkpoint set up out, and it took... It took forever for for them to even deliver, and it was like twenty minutes after they said they were supposed to be here. And I'm wondering, I'm like, what's going on? Where's where's our food? And so I just happened to to text the Grubhub driver, and come to find out, I had accidentally put in my my address one digit off, and so he had gone to my neighbor, and he was actually at my neighbor's door when I texted him. And so he comes right over and he says, he says, he says, I don't know what's going on. He said, I told him that, you know, this order was for Shana. And he's like, you had alcohol in your order. So I had to verify driver's license. He's like, they showed me their driver's license and everything. And we're about to take your food. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's for me. So, I'm Shayna. So my neighbor. <laughs> my name is Shay. My name is Shay, but 
My name is my official name is Shane, but people call me Shay. <laughs> Shay. I actually yeah. know Shay. He's uh, it's crazy because you know I just is, but, <laughs> I just moved here, so it's my new neighbors that I've never met. Oh wow! And they were about to take my food. I mean, they went to the trouble to get their driver's license and show it, and were about to take my food. They were about to swipe you, right? What yeah. next door? Yeah. Well, you learned the easy way. <laughs> Who to trust and who not to trust, right? apparently. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, that's a little weird. Uh, Joe, how was your uh, St. Patrick's Day? You were all you were all in on Tuesday. Yeah. With your shirt. Yeah, I <laughs> That was it. amazing, by the way. <laughs> his, his, his The shirt and the hat. Mm. It's very Irish. Very Thank you. Irish, yeah. It's my only green shirt, and I, I pull it out once a year. I think everyone has one green shirt. Yeah. I don't. Like, f- solid mine, green. mine are all black. Speaking of uh, shirts, this is a cool Father's Day uh, shirt that I got Dad Zeppelin at wow. uh, a cool website. I think Shana, you know the website, right? Oh, What's the... yeah, that's uh, Deep Cut Clothing. Yeah, these are these are awesome shirts. No, for... actually, that's that's not Deep Cut. That's that's, a, that's Vintage Dad. Vintage, vintage Dad. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, if you find them on Etsy or Facebook, they're actually made here locally. And yeah, in Ventura. In Ventura. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. V n t a g e d a d dot com. Vintage Dad. There you go. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, so yeah, Joe. Uh, well, you you know, like most St. Patrick's days, as a musician, I was out just like shredding in front of a big crowd and just really, <laughs> really? No masks. really having a good time. <laughs> just well, no, yeah, <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, no, actually, I did not have a gig for the first time in. Well, no, it was actually last year that the gig stopped coming on St. Patty's Day because it was March fifteenth oh, that everything right, yeah. shut, shut down last About a year. year ago. Yeah. Um, I started it off with um, Jarvis Leatherby online, and it was St. Patrick's Day in Ireland, where Jarvis is residing <laughs> right now. And I was with you two, and then it wasn't our St. Patrick's, but it no. was over there. And just then, like Tuesday, just like Tuesday, or when I don't even remember when St. Patrick's Day was. It was, it was actually about. yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay, so yesterday I spent it on the computer. Uh, writing some music for a TV show that I write music for. Awesome. And I saw some students online. I had a couple actually come in person, which is really weird. Of course, we follow safety protocols and things. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) they're really cute. They came in like green dresses and they were, yeah, very cute. cute. Yeah, it was fun. And then uh, that's about it. Yeah. That's oh. nice. And yeah. it, you know, it was nice. It, it was different than the norm, but it was... Uh, so nice, a nice, wholesome Irish time with that. It bio. was, yeah. There was no corned beef or cabbage <laughs> eaten, but that's okay. <laughs> Get to that later. No green beer? No. Well, well you know who is green? Our uh, guest tonight, who is, uh, <laughs> last name is green. His oh. name is Alistair Green. Oh, and uh, <laughs> that was a great segue. You know, he, it's just mm, it's from my dad. I got to tell you, uh, my dad was a disc jockey for fifty years. Um, our guest tonight is an amazing guitarist, singer, and songwriter. Uh, for he's been singing the blues for nearly three decades now, and um, I listened to his uh, stuff earlier today and just was blown away by um, just some of even his Facebook videos are. Amazing. So please welcome to the show, Alistair Green. Oh, man. Alistair, how you doing? Welcome, Alistair. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yo. Good to have you <laughs> on the show. So, uh, where oh, are you? Yeah, so there's, it looks like there's somebody in the waiting room on the Zoom. Oh. 
Oh, is there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's see who wants to Zoom with I don't us. know. I think they went it's, away. It's, it's my friend Tom. He, oh, he clicked okay. a link that's on your website that oh. tries to get you into the Zoom, so okay. he's not watching on YouTube or Facebook. Oh, so I was cool. actually hearing him talking in there my... There you go. You can okay. watch us on oh. Zoom, too. You just don't, don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> just keep quiet. So, uh, How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, yeah. this is such a treat. Oh, I mean, you... Good Lord, you are just a, sh- a shredding guitar player. Um, wow, there's 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 more shreddinger guitar players out there, but I appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> that last live show that you did on a on a I think it was a radio show in in, in Germany or uh, I can't remember where it was. It was a it was a foreign podcast yeah. or something. We did a show for a German radio station yeah. called Deutschland Funk that we pre-recorded and sent to them, and then they aired about a week and a half ago. And we recorded it in Santa Barbara at Coyote Road Studios, and really oh, yeah. happy with that. It how that sounds came out. so damn good. Like, no, thank you. Like so good. I I, I, remember, I can't remember the name of the first song, but um, the 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 tapping that you do in the middle—it's like towards the middle uh, end. It, it just like. It, it, just, it just blew me away so I gotta well I practiced real hard for that one yeah I hope you did <laughs> I practiced for a long time well thanks man no that was uh, that was a lot of fun to do we hadn't played together in a little while we did a streaming show uh, as kind of a CD release party back in October and so we had my band had rehearsed a little bit and kind of had had our act together to some degree but yeah so it was nice to play like uh, you know a show and record it and send it off to Germany and have them broadcast it for their listeners and really happy with how it came out. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, was that with uh, your regular band of Austin and Austin Beatty and Rich Rankin? Jim Rankin, yeah. Jim, um, sorry. That, those those guys have been playing the, with me for guy. quite a while. Jim's yeah. been with me for I don't know, maybe th- uh, 12 years, wow. 13, 14 years, maybe. And then Austin, uh, what year is it? It's 2021. So, yeah. uh, Austin's probably been playing with me for almost a decade. Uh, and uh, Austin does all my studio records and, and gigs when we can get them. Yeah. The and, feel that you guys have as a trio is so infectious. It's really, it's, well, thanks, it's man. really beautiful. No, I appreciate yeah. that. You know, it's uh, a trio. There's nowhere to hide. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> Especially there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. Wow. Are you are you from uh, Ventura? I grew up in Santa Barbara. I was born and raised in Santa Barbara. Okay, so not I've too been, far, yeah. Yeah, not too far, but I've been in Ventura for about yeah, 15 years. 15 years, wow. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, I mean, Jesus, Joe, you're, you are not just... the microphone. We're going to have so. a whole compilation later of you hitting the mic. <laughs> Sorry. It's going to be Joe's amazing. Joe's Greatest Hits. Yeah. Yes. Joe's Greatest Hits. Come on. That was an easy one. That, that was an underhanded pitch right yeah. there. Thank you for that. The only hits yeah. I've played on. I'll be here all night. Yeah. Oh, it's your waiters and waitresses. There you go. All right. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you go to school out here? Like, did you go to school in Santa Barbara? I, well, I'm, yeah, as far as elementary school and junior high and high school and I went to Santa Barbara City College for a year after high school and then I went to Boston and attended the Berkeley College of Music for a couple oh, years. Berkeley wow. dude, yeah. Froze and I froze and then I moved back home uh, after a couple years. Wow. And just started playing in bands, man. Started playing in bands. Did you start yeah. out with uh, cover bands or did you start original music? When I was in high school, I was in an original band. Uh, and when I came back from from college, 
I played in an original band as well. Uh, that was kind of the goal, you know, growing up when you were playing guitar in Southern California, because LA is so close. The idea was to get a band together and write songs and go to LA and get signed. I mean, that's what everyone, you know, tried to do. And, and some of my friends were successful in doing that. Uh, at a certain point uh, in the late 90s, when I, uh, you know, I, mean, I started getting into blues in the late 80s, but it wasn't until the late 90s that I really kind of started playing and sitting in, um, you know, with, with, with other bands. And, and I got a call from a guy named Jack Kennedy, who's since passed away, who was the first bass player in my band, who was in a band called the Pontiacs, to come and start sitting in. And so he kind of introduced me to what I refer to as the working musician's world, where you go and you play blues or you learn covers and you play three to four sets and you played you know whatever the bar is and 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 i did that for a long time but also tried to kind of balance that out with playing originals as well so i always i've been writing the whole time it just kind of depends on where the phone calls are coming from and and how to stay busy and, and make a living you know playing music my goal has always been to create original music and play that and be my focus yeah. uh, but you know it's, it's hard to chart a course through the music business and, and get everything your way. So I've done it. You know, I've done all kinds of stuff, played covers, written songs, been a hired gun, been a band leader, just kind of depends on what, where the energy is at, at any given time. That's great. I, I, you know, I noticed on Facebook, you are friends with uh, Todd Zuckerman. Have you, have you ever played with him at all? I'm friends with 4,997 people on he's, Facebook. He's just Remind one of them. That is. He's, he's the one that stands out the most. He's in, he's in Sticks. He's the, uh, <laughs> he's the drummer for Sticks. The drummer for who? The Sticks? Sticks. The Sticks. I heard of those. The fellas. band Sticks? <laughs> those Sticks. How do you spell band? That? Yeah. Those guys. <laughs> I do not. I, I have Mr. not. I have Bato. not played music with him. But maybe yep. I will. Who knows? Maybe this is an omen. Maybe maybe Todd uh, call Alistair. He's in Texas. Yeah. So, yeah. but he he's a he's an amazing musician. Um, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> what got you? I mean, you you know, what 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 age did you pick up the guitar? I'm just curious. I started playing guitar when I was probably like 14 or 15. Okay. And prior to that, I played piano and saxophone oh, okay. and upright bass in junior high. So I've been playing music since about the third grade. And uh, when I started playing guitar, everything kind of fell into place for me and started to make sense, partly because I was able to play music that I actually like in was listening to and yeah. enjoyed. I didn't, I wasn't a jazz player. I just happened to play saxophone when I was a kid. My parents gave me piano lessons, wow. but I wasn't into anything really. It was just a fun thing to do. But when I started playing guitar, I thought, oh, now I can try and learn how to play that Led Zeppelin song or that Iron Maiden song or whatever it was. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of like where I think, um, a lot of famous musicians start to pick up, uh, uh, their favorite instrument is right around like 13, 14. I mean, I, I think that's when I picked up guitar. Joe, what about you? What did you? Yeah, I, I actually started in seventh grade, but I didn't really kick in till eighth grade. And then it was like, yeah. it was on fire. Like we had gigs and everything. Do you think you it was know? the pressure of high school? Like trying to look cool in front of girls? <laughs> no, no, I was terrified of girls. I still am. <laughs> no, I was the reluctant musician. I remember my first band, we, we were actually, like Alistair was saying, like playing LA stuff and, I was like really little and my mom would drive me down there like ninth grade ish mm. and we, I was playing with these older guys and I would like turn my back at the Roxy on a pay to play <laughs> night 
just to do a guitar solo with my one pedal and I was terrified of performing and you know I, I still am but yeah it wasn't for the girls man <laughs> clearly my life would have worked out better if it was but. just kidding That's so, no diss. so you mentioned Led Zeppelin what, what other bands like uh I mean, were you were you interested in blues at the at, at that age? I mean, I can't Not at imagine. The onset, I yeah. wasn't. Uh, you know, I I started playing guitar because of the hard rock bands that were going on at that time, and that was where my mm. primary interest was. You know, as a music fan, I you know grew up listening to my mom's record collection, Beatles and Leon Russell and Stevie Wonder. But when I got into music, it was you know originally it was like Def Leppard, Iron Maiden, Van Halen, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, and so that's kind of what I tried to do. When I started playing guitar, I really kind of learned how to run before I even learned how to walk. <laughs> uh, so when I, got, I did get into blues when I was about 17, a friend of my dad's loaned me some records, uh, you know, B.B. King, Steve Ray Vaughan, Buddy Guy. Mm. And that's really when I got into it. And yeah. what really... Um, we need to mute him. <laughs> yeah, what really uh, got me interested was, was uh, just the correlation between how what I was hearing in my head from the hard rock guys was, was this blues sound that I really liked. So if you listen to Eddie Van Halen, you can hear, you know, some Jimmy Page and some Eric Clapton. And mm. when you listen to those guys, yeah. that's where you, you know, hear BB King and Freddie King and Otis Rush. And so it was kind of this natural progression of, of going back and listening to that music and, and, and having it all kind of coalesce and make sense to me as a guitar player, like, Oh, that's where everything comes from. So when I got into blues initially, it was because I really wanted it to kind of inform my rock guitar playing and I just kind of never came back. <laughs> I just kind of went down the, the rabbit hole. I mean, I still consider myself a rock guitar player for, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. But blues is my, my focus and, and, and really what's kind of Those are the roots. In, just influenced me the most as, as a musician. So, you know, it, you know. It, it seems to be a cascading influence, um, you know, ever since uh, the, you know, the late uh, 30s, 40s of just when you know swing music transformed into this rock and i mean blues has been around ever since uh uh i I don't want to say slavery but (laughs) but it's been around a long ass time yeah well blues was born out of out of the black experience yeah out of Mm -hmm. out of the suffering of of black americans and that's what it is you know so so it's so that's you know obviously where it started and it you know came from field songs and and gospel and and church Mm -hmm. music and eventually you know uh you know stringed instruments came into play and whatnot and you can probably Google the first recorded music. Of, I don't know if, of guitar is probably Charlie Patton or, or somebody yeah, like that. Way back. And uh, yeah, it's 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 got a rich history. And once you kind of start getting into it, and uh, it just doesn't stop. There mm. are so many musicians, so many styles of blues. I mean, Jack, and, and, Jack I, and White, I'm just a guitar yeah. player. I mean, there's piano player, you know, piano players, and 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 there's all the great vocalists and whatnot. It's really an endless. Uh, endless genre of things to get into and uh, I just you know you can just always find inspiration there for music yeah did you see that Jack White uh, documentary with um, I think it was Jimmy Page it was like a long oh, time it ago it might get loud yeah, yeah that was and the good. edge yeah, the it's, edge it's been too, a while yeah. and the edge yeah, yeah I see, it's yeah. been a while I don't remember all it's been of it a while, but I remember he, he kind of recreated I think a diddly bow didn't yeah, he yeah he did yeah the, with the wire and recorded that yeah you know, so yeah, that was cool. My favorite part of that movie was when uh, 
Jimmy Page started playing the whole lot of love riff and the edge and Jack yeah. was kind of like all googly oh eyed at Jimmy right. Page. You know, it's kind of like, that's that guy playing that riff. You know, I would have been the same way. I, you know, I just would have been like, oh my God, that was the best part of the movie. Cause, Guitar lesson by Jimmy well, and Page. It was just, well, I mean, there's a few things like that riff when you actually see him and hear him play it, there's like little nuances yeah. in that riff that most people don't get. Yeah. yeah. And the other part of that was, you know, those both those guys were like, they turned into teenagers again, which was really cool. Right. And Edge obviously has played arenas for you know a long time, and to see that guy look like a, a teenager was pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, uh, one fun fact about me and my family: my my dad was a guy. This is going to probably come up every episode. I don't know. Uh, he was a radio disc jockey for a long time uh, in the Los Angeles area. His name was uh, Charlie Tuna, and um, we lived in the Tarzana area ever since the late 60s, early 70s, uh, like up in the hills um, south of Ventura. And um, he worked at uh, KHJ, which was one of the biggest radio stations like in the country in the late 60s, early 70s. And um, we they had like some party at our house. Which I wasn't born yet. This was I was born in 1980. <laughs> like, this like is fun. way before like, me. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> was, <laughs> this is not include me. I was party. an after. I wasn't at it. <laughs> I was. In, I was. There I don't mean to interrupt, but I that was, was there in funny. spirit. I don't know. <laughs> what was the party like? I wasn't born. Yeah, sorry. We have pictures somewhere. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Bo Diddley played in our in our backyard, and oh, we had like oh, a jukebox, awesome. and it was uh, yeah. The pictures um, I can't. I don't even know where they are. <laughs> But Good. I gotta find Picture, them. pictures or it didn't pictures or it didn't happen. I know that's what I I hear the rumors. <laughs> I hear the memories. <laughs> pictures or it didn't happen. No, they didn't have selfie sticks back then. I'm no, sure your mom's got not, a home video of that somewhere. I don't know. It, it, there was like a huge block party or something like that. That's it was a, cool. But they, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's all I know of my backyard is we have this huge tennis court and 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 that's where they had the the band play and wow. it was it was apparently that's a really awesome. cool that's when neighbors were like neighborly <laughs> never heard of it i know it's it's <laughs> so um now has the local music scene uh changed for you um throughout the years like uh, uh, i don't know i mean i um i mean i've played a lot locally you know i mean that's kind of i think when you're in between trying to, you know, make a record and go on tour, you play a bunch of local gigs. And, and, uh, I, you know, I've always tried to kind of stay connected with the local scene to an extent. I don't think I've played every venue in Ventura, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same as anywhere else where you see places kind of come and go over the years. And it's, you know, sort of a bittersweet thing to, you know, have a, maybe have a regular gig somewhere or play somewhere for a long time. And then that place is gone and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, when this is, when we're kind of on more of the upswing from the pandemic, that some of these places are going to stay open. I think it's important to have a good local, you know, music scene for sure, because that's where people cut their teeth and play gigs and, and, and working musicians can work, you know, and yeah. we need so. another Zoe's. Oh, we don't have yeah, a place I, that I, exists I played there a like couple that. times. 
you know, that was a that was a cool venue. They had yeah. two rooms, right? Mm-hmm. They had well, it's a, you know, it wasn't so much the venue itself because I know they had two separate spots, but I think it was more the fact that it was really a place for for local musicians to really, like you said, cut their teeth, and that's mm-hmm. a lot of people came out of there. Yeah, mm-hmm. a ton, and they you know they started on a. The north side of Main Street at the right. way back of this. I don't even know what the, that little the, alley's called. El Jardine. Yeah, yeah. And you go upstairs and it's the littlest stage ever, but like I could book some weird CalArts jazz gig and then I'd go play singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. And then when they moved to the larger spot, then, right. you know, that really opened up a lot of stuff for them and a full bar and that mm-hmm. makes everything work. We're definitely kind of missing that in Ventura. Mm. Oh, was that so? Was, it was Zoe's like you had to go through a courtyard and up some stairs, yep. and it was the, that's the first Zoe's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I w- I never played there, but I saw a band there once a long time ago, and I think the only one I played was the one that was over on uh, wherever it was uh, on uh, oh shoot it's table it's the old table the, thirteen. Um, yeah, it's over by the tavern. Santa Clara Street. Santa Clara. Yeah. That's right. Next to the tavern. Yeah. That was the big venue. That was the big and, one. and Steve and Polly did such a great job of cultivating and getting that experience going with good they food, did. with the booze. Yeah, I you was know, I it, was sad to see that one go. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you, you played there, Excuse Alistair, me. with uh, Guy Martin, right? Yep. We did an acoustic show or two yeah. there. Oh, oh I was at that. Yeah. 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 I remember that. I remember that show. I think we did two. Guy might still be in the chat. I've kind of I've got another computer going over here because I'm a nerd trying to f- see what's going on in the chat. But yeah, Guy and I did a, an acoustic show or two at, yeah. at that place. That was a lot of fun. And I think, I, I don't know if I, I might have done something else there at one point. I think I played with my band like on, on some bill at some, but that's a lot. I mean, that's place has been gone for a while right i mean yeah, kind of yeah we just miss it that much that we still have to talk about <laughs> it i don't remember I think like 20 2013 something like that i think that's wow. when they, they used they use i've got i've got a little story about that room oh. they uh they used the front part for the backstage for one of the Ventura beer festivals yeah. uh, a handful oh. of times and there was two stages at that and i was playing uh before robin ford at the Ventura Beer Festival, and I went to the little backstage area, which was, I guess, the Zoe's Bar at the time, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Robin Ford was in there, and I was like, I'm not going to geek on Robin Ford, but hey, and I play guitar, you play guitar, or what? And I went up to him like, hey, man, just wanted to see. And he was like making his set list, and you know, you never know when you're going to catch somebody in a good or a bad mood. Oh. And I don't know much about Robin Ford, but I think I caught him in a bad moment. Oh, oh no. man. It was one of those, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure he's a sweetheart, but I was like, hey, man, blah, 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 blah. I'm looking forward to opening for you in this night. And he kind of like looked up at me and kind of gave me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I was just like, come on, man. Like, I'm not, you know, anyhow, but and I got a picture with him and he's just kind of like, but, uh, but man, he played his butt off. Oh my gosh. That I was at that actually. I saw both of those sets. I did. Yeah. I, you I didn't... was too. Yeah. I remember that. That was the year smoking. they did it at, um, what's the name of the park? Um, uh, the one behind Zoe's yeah. is what they call that it. Park. I think. Yeah. Next <laughs> yeah. to Piranha. The park behind, Mission the park. The park behind park, Zoe's. Right? I, think it's Mission I believe park, it's Mission yeah. Park. Oh, across from but the that, Mission. But that was yeah. a, that was yeah that that was a cool thing. I mean, I I sat in with Walter Trout for the for the first time at, at that festival. Oh, like I know. I, before that, I know his bass yeah. player Coco. 
Uh, his current bass player is Johnny Grafaric. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, Coco toured, toured with him for a little bit. Well, Coco yeah. Montoya played guitar with, with Walter and John May on the Blues Breakers for yeah. a long time, is, is maybe what you're thinking of. Uh, I was thinking of no. Coco Powell. You know his drummer. Oh, okay. Maybe. Matt, ah. maybe. You know his drummer. I know a lot. We, we, we all know a lot of people. <laughs> you know, my, Michael Leisure. Like oh, a, Michael Leisure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. who I'm thinking that's of. Thinking of yeah. That's the drummer for Walter Trout. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, yeah. Uh, the, uh, he plays for... Uh, I'm Philip gonna, Sace. Yes. Oh, that guy can play yes. guitar. Holy smokes. <laughs> Speaking of crazy gu- guitar players. I dude, know all Sam the music Bowley, connections. Sam Boley plays, Sam Bowley. Sam Bowley plays yeah, with, with them, Trump too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Dude, I got a, a quick Robin Ford follow-up. So... I've only run you, in. You got in a fight with him. You actually <laughs> fought Robin Ford. Well, I, w- I went easy on him, man. Okay. No, no, no. He's obviously like one of my favorite and probably everybody's favorites. And he, he frequents Ojai, so I've run into him quite a, a few times, you know. Um, and I remember one time I was at a studio up there doing some sessions, and he had left some of his gear there, and one of them mm. was a Dumble Overdrive. Amplifier. Oh wow! For, for those that don't know, that's like the you know the one thing the you never holy find grail. the holy grail. Yeah, <laughs> one of them. So I, I was thinking, like, well, if he was in a bad mood, like you probably didn't ask him if he you could uh, play through his dumble at soundcheck or something. <laughs> I might have mentioned the dumble when I met him, though. I might have said something like, "Hey, the, you know, I don't know." That's hilarious. Yeah, I was told by the engineer to not even look at it. So I don't I even don't even look don't at even it. Don't even look at it. This don't goes, even look at it. Because I'm too Those like those like hundred thousand dollar guitar heads. Or yeah, something man. Like that. I, I played through a few of them, but not really, his, man. Don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, those things are just yeah, they're insane. There's not that many of them out there. So no. Just in priced through there. They're insane. Very expensive. Wow. You could buy a Tesla and then some. Two maybe two Teslas. Oh my gosh! Yeah, or you could like take that to a gig and see, get paid two hundred dollars. I haven't, I haven't been interested in gear for a long time because I just can't afford it. That's what's kind of. I can't look yeah. at it. It'd be like look, look, looking at porn. I don't want to look at you know. I just I don't I don't want. Can't afford it. No, I just. <laughs> I can't afford porn. <laughs> can't afford anything these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, get gears its own wormhole, you know, because, oh, you know, I mean, it's nice to have a, a few, like, nice pieces of gear. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you really just need a good guitar and, and, a, dec- and a good amp and, and you can get the job done. Do you, um, mic, do you mic your, uh, I mean, uh, recording wise, do you go direct or mic? I do both. Uh, yeah. I do actually sessions right here where I'm sitting. Yeah, oh, nice. um, yeah, I play on people's albums from right here, um, <laughs> and so yeah, I actually do a direct signal, and uh, I have a speaker cabinet on the other in this other room over here, and I have that mic'd, and so yeah, I, I I'll use a plug-in and the amp and kind of combine them to get a sound, and then depending on what the project is, you know, I'll send both those, and I'll send sometimes just the direct signal with no plug-in in case someone wants to, you know, reamp something or run it through something else to make it sound a little bit different, and that gives people choices or whatever, but I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big microphone guy, I mean, I literally have a SM57 pointed at a speaker it's cabinet in yeah. the other room, but I mean, that, that's been working, it's been working for years, you know, so like, you know, why not? So, Plenty. not to nerd out too hard, but yeah, go ahead. on no, the nerd, direct nerd side, are you? How are you pulling off that side? Because I do the same thing, so I'm always trying to figure out like I the use, direct. Well, I use thing. Logic 
And okay. I have a, okay. just an Apogee Duet interface. And, you know, just, I mean, in Logic, the plugins sound ridiculously good. And if you... Yeah. If you combine that with just an amped sound, I mean, I and I, even some of the plugins. I mean, I've I, <laughs> I have plug-in guitar sounds that have ended up, you know, on records, and you can't once it's in the mix with a bunch of everything else, you can't really tell. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, I mean, if you were to make a whole record of all plug-in guitar sounds, I think you eventually, the, you know, you'd kind of be taxing on the ear a little bit in some way. But if you're putting in a solo, like I've got solos on the Dream Train record, the song that you played on that record, there's a handful of guitar solos that were the direct uh, plug-in sound because I knew I wasn't going to top the guitar solo and I wasn't going to try and recreate it. And it's like, screw it. Wow. Use that. Yeah, use That's that really track. Good. Dude, you're giving yeah. up all your secrets, man. <laughs> Don't do it. You know, these are these are secrets, all man. It's, it's all it's all it's you know. However, you need to make make it happen. Yeah. However, you make the magic happen. You well, know? you you worked with legendary producer uh, mm. Tab uh, Ben right? Is that how you pronounce his name? My last new name? record, yeah. For the yeah. new record, I went to to Louisiana and recorded with Tab. And he well, he's more known as a, a singer songwriter, mm -hmm. guitar player, and he started a record label a few years ago. Yeah. How did you meet him? I met uh, Tab in Las Vegas at the Big Blues Bender a few years ago, and uh, you know he's a he's a legend in the blues community. He's been touring for a long time, made a bunch of great records. And at the time that I met him, I was playing guitar with Alan Parsons, uh, who's another legendary mm -hmm. engineer and producer. And it, and most people in the blues world don't really it doesn't matter to them that I played with Alan Parsons because the music's so far removed from blues. It's mm -hmm. basically, it's, it's a credibility stamp as a guitar player, I think for a lot of people, but tab was into seventies and eighties progressive pop rock. And so he's all right, play guitar for Alan Parsons. And so we kind of started this conversation and we became friends and I saw, saw him every year for a few years at the bender. And, and he's, uh, he's really funny. <laughs> and I like to think that I can crack a joke occasionally. So we kind of got together and would laugh and stuff. And then a couple of years ago, he's just like, hey, man, I got a record label. You want to come make a record? Wow. And I was like, okay, like, pull my arm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I went down to his place and made a record. And, and it's been doing really, really well. It's called The New World Blues. Yeah. Came out in October. And... We just had another song uh, played on Sirius XM, which is a pretty big deal. I've had three songs uh, placed on Sirius XM, wow. and it was on the Billboard Blues chart the week it came out and the week after it came out. And Joe Bonamassa has been talking about it on his uh, oh, serious great. show and whatnot. Not oh, to whatever nice. throw my Ooh. PR at you. But, <laughs> Sorry, I was I was I was getting um, lost yeah. with all the names you were dropping. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I couldn't I couldn't find all the names you were dropping over here. Yeah, well, you know, at a certain point, it just is what it is, man. I, yeah. I've been very it's, fortunate. Oh no, it's absolutely that's awesome. awesome. Play with 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 a lot of these people, and um, so how did how did know, how did being well, in New Orleans like New Orleans? I was gonna call it New Orleans. I was gonna be like so white right now. <laughs> How did New Orleans uh, help writing Nolans, <laughs> as, as Stephen Colbert with Nolans? <laughs> uh, how did it help uh, your vibe? I mean, your energy, like when you were recording. Um, well, it was just first of all, I was recording with a rhythm section I hadn't recorded with before. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So that was Tab played drums on the album, and his bass player played bass. Wow, so was, that in and of itself was a different vibe. And being that they're from that area, I really wanted to kind of keep 
my options open and be open to their interpretations of the songs because I wanted that flavor, you know, yeah, in the absolutely. music. Wow. The songs. So I kind of went in with a handful of songs and was just like, tell me, you know, whatever you guys are feeling, play that. And then that kind of created a little bit more of a, of a, of a vibe for, for a lot of those songs. A lot of the songs are a lot funkier than I would probably normally go. Uh, and then writing wise, I did write some songs. I wrote a couple songs with tab in the studio when we were making the record and just, you know, being down there. I mean, I knew I wanted to make kind of a little bit more blues centric record as opposed to a rock centric record this time around because I was going to be playing with those guys and I really wanted their feel on it. So, you know, I would say it was kind of a combination of them and then just being in that zone. And, you know, I stayed in the guest bedroom and tabs, uh, home studio and he lives right there on the bayou so yeah. i walk out in the morning and oh, wow. there's an alligator <laughs> you know like yeah. there you go doesn't get much more uh bayou than that like good morning mr alligator don't chew off my arm i'm trying to make a record it's, wow. it's so, such uh, a different vibe there and yeah. you know even weather wise because you you've got the humidity to deal with and just mm. the whole like ecosystem of the bayou is 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 its own yeah. thing. It kind of transforms, <laughs> yeah. transforms you. Yeah. It does. It really does. Yeah, I, I grew cool. up on, on the border of Texas and Louisiana, so I spent a lot of time in Louisiana. Mm, and I, nice. I know it's, it's, it's a different experience. Alligators, yeah. large it bugs. <laughs> it is, and, and the people. The people are different. The, oh, it's, it, it actually people, yeah. it feels like another country. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Man, what, on a, the creative side, having Tab, he, you said he produced the record, right? Yeah, he engineered, mixed, mastered, and produced, and played drums, and co-wrote, and sang some vocal harmonies. So he was basically just like chilling <laughs> on a couch most of the time? <laughs> exactly. He didn't lift a finger the whole damn yeah. time. He sounds like a lazy guy. I mean, I know how this music's nice. He didn't lift a finger. But... So, yeah, man, he was. Wow, he was that involved, is amazing. Deeply involved with the record, man, and I'm really happy with wow. it. You know, I mean, it 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 came out great, and uh, yeah, he 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 had a lot of great insight, a lot of great suggestions for some of the songs, and uh, yeah, I want to do it again. Let's do it I, again. Yeah, what a cool thing! I've been listening to him for a long time, and then to kind of circle back to the local thing and and hear this story is really cool i got one quick production question or just kind of vibe question i guess yeah so tab obviously plays every instrument known to man or most of the ones in our types of ensembles so he's playing drums but he's also producing how does that like how does that work you know is he just like running around or is it just oh no i mean you know we got everything i mean we got everything set up and mic'd up and 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 you know the guitar amps were in the guest bedroom and um bass was run direct and you know and so we just kind of all try i mean the, the majority of the record's live and that was kind of another awesome. yeah, aesthetic awesome. to the record so the guitar and the drums are 96 percent live on that record uh and i can tell because i can hear all my screw up <laughs> um but uh but it, it but that's how we wanted to do it and that's how you kind of create a feel like we i would literally show those guys a song and within 30 seconds of going, okay, you guys got it? Cool. We recorded it. Wow. That's brilliant. That's, that's, that's fun, what, dude. That's That's fun. what you're hearing on the album is basically that's, and that's how he wanted to create the vibe was show us the songs and let's record them and just get that first initial reaction. So there's actually, there's a couple, a couple of the vocals are live 
as well and you know some of the bass is live and i you know i overdubbed acoustic on a couple songs and i overdubbed like a melody on the instrumental but everything else is live and that is you know that gives it its own vibe as well you know because i knew that there wasn't going to be a bunch of overdubs like you're that's the guitar part and that's it mm-hmm. it's one guitar through you know the whole song and uh there wasn't going to be you know we got everything pretty much first second take but uh you know there was a there's a few moments on there where i kind of get a little bit of like bite into the lemon because i you know it's like you're I'm, i don't want to redo the whole song just because i messed up those that note in the solo you know yeah. like the whole song is there um, and, and we're not punching it in because Tab's not going to let me punch it in. So oh, it's like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty, yeah, it yeah. was pretty much just like, this is what it's going to be. So luckily, hey, are, is it cool if I drop some more names, man? Or are you going to get bummed out again? No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to we'll, pick them up and, we'll, we'll and throw them pick to, up to the audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to check. No, um, I came up. I threw my George. dad into the mix, so it's fine. <laughs> you got your dad in. You got Bo Diddley in. I'm I know. Afraid, I, I'm afraid I got more than that. Yeah, um, you win. Go for it. I, I this is Battleship. Tour, you win, sir. <laughs> I, it, 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 it was unavoidable. Um, I came off of a tour with a guy named Sugar Ray Rayford. Oh, yeah, Sugar. Um, who's a blues soul artist and he's actually his material is very funk oriented and very groove oriented and uh so i basically done a month with him in the united states right before i went into the studio with tab so my felt pretty good playing wise and i also felt good about getting into some groovier stuff and so that gave me a little bit more confidence than if I'd just been at home practicing the songs and went into the studio. I felt like, okay, I've been playing for a month. Let me go in and, and make the record, and I'll hopefully not suck too bad. Wow. So that, that Dude, you, you went to Sugar Ray Boot Camp, basically, because that is a high-energy <laughs> yeah. show right there. So if you come it off is. a month of that, like you got to play way more guitar than we're generally allowed to play. Yeah, and it was pretty. It was pretty intense, man. Yeah. He's a he's a balls out performer. Jeez, that guy. He's, he, yeah, he's unbelievable, and I learned so much of just giving a hundred and ten percent. On it was crazy. Wow, that, that is cool. Because he, he would like roll up like tired. And this horse, and he'd roll up on stage, and next thing you know, it was like it was showtime. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he like transforms. Like you could be read uh, beat up on the road, and then all of a sudden he's on stage, and he's like losing his mind, and then yeah. he's sweating profusely at the end, and closes the um, show, and you're tired just watching. I've, I've never I was played t- with. I him. was I tired. Just, I was tired watching him. I'd be like, and you were I, working. I can, barely, I can barely play guitar, and you're like dancing and singing and. Getting the as like I was, it was crazy, dude. Totally that, crazy. That's wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm buddies with Gino Mateo. I'm dropping yeah, names Gino's now. Great. Gino's back in the band oh, now. Wow. That's what know, I heard. Basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've I did, got. I did that tour. Gino like took a break from the band, and so I did a year with Sugar Ray, and and it was great, man. Unbelievable. Wow, Unbelievable that's performer. that's really cool. And what a good way to warm up into your record. If you can yeah. get through a month of that, like every day, like yeah. you're ready. I mean, to don't get play. me wrong. I have to soak my hands in ice every now. <laughs> I, I, I no, I ice down after long ones. I, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm getting I'm old start, now, man. man. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks getting old. It hurts oh, yeah. too. <laughs> it, it hurts, but it works, man. It's so, like the NFL guys, you know. Yeah. So without concussions, <laughs> yes. Well, 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 voluntary concussions, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so I got to ask. You also play with Buddy Guy. 
I believe. That was with Sugar Ray. Okay. And that was at Buddy's Club in Chicago. Mm, okay. And he'll occasionally come and sit in with bands that are playing yeah. at his club. And wow. so the second time I played there with Sugar Ray, it was weird. I actually played Buddy's Club like three times in like six months. It was really weird. Like my band played there, and then I was there with Sugar Ray like in very short succession. And Buddy was there the second time we played, and and oh, no way. So when Sugar came up on stage and we were getting ready to start the gig, he's like, "Hey guys, three songs in. We're doing a slow blues and C." Really slow. Keep the volume down. Buddy's going to come up and sing one. And uh, I wish he would have played guitar. Like, but th that's not. He just gets up and sings a little bit. And I don't. I don't know the whole deal. But like, he comes up and he he he's one of the. He's a cognac drinker. Mm -hmm. And so he came up, and man, and he was just dropping f bombs. It was amazing. <laughs> he was like every. He was just swearing, and he started singing, and. Um, and he gave me a solo, and I was just like, I can't believe I'm about to play a guitar solo for you. And you know, he's, I mean, like, he's like in his records I had he's like in up. his seventies, right? At this that point, was, yeah, I was like one of my records, one of my guys that got me into blues, and he's like pointing at me to take a solo. Oh, so he's drinking shoot. this cognac. So he finishes one, and then he calls for another one. I'm like, oh okay. And then he drinks that and dropping an f bombs and sings a little bit more. Finishes that one and calls for another one. So I'm like watching him get hammered, basically. <laughs> watching buddy guy just get hammered three feet away, right? And I was like, all right, I hope that there's there's a couple pictures. I wish there was like some video. Oh, we'll, we'll put up was, some pictures on the clip here. It was so cool, man. And you know, I was just like, well, I'm I'm good now. I'm good. So. Dude, wow. that's crazy. Was, I wish I could tell you some of the things he was saying on the microphone, but it was just maybe maybe off the air. Yeah. But every other, <laughs> yeah. every other word, I mean, he was like, he was just dropping f bombs. It was amazing. Oh, that's wow, great. Yeah. that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they've got the full back line there. Everything's like really comfortable. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool gig. They got well, they got a lot of. Uh, like they've got well, they've got some Victoria amps because yeah, think Victoria they got there. they got some nice ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. my friend Nicole the Pirate works there, and she told me when I first hung out at that that gig, like Buddy's gonna come through at some point, like in the next couple of days. So I'd go over there. Yeah. I was staying at the Hilton, like right around the corner. So yeah. sure enough, every night after my gig, I'd go over there, and um, sure enough, he showed up in a very fancy Sprinter. Dodge Sprinter or Mercedes Sprinter, and it had like fancy lights and the whole thing. And he's got an entourage, <laughs> and he's in a beautiful suit. It's the dead of winter, and gets up and sings like one tune. And Nicole was like, "Watch, he's gonna like he has like a hand signal, and then you know, like you said, the cognac. They they he'll go like four deep, and then." say uh -huh. a bunch of wild stuff and then just like walk out with his dudes and be gone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. That's what rock stardom looks like. That's what, that's what it looks like, man. Yeah. Just having, having booze, sitting in with, sitting in with the band at your club, having some booze, walking up, walking out. It's like, peace Dri out and just gone. Drive down the street to the high rise and you're done. That's, that, <laughs> that's dude dream. earned it. I got to play one song with him, but he didn't give me a solo. <laughs> I played rhythm guitar. I know you win, you win, man. You win. Bomber. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's a cool I got club. Lucky. I've, I've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate. That is, uh, that's a great story, dude. <laughs> Funny stuff. Yeah. Oh Funny my stuff. gosh! So you, you have a new a new single out, "Living Today," and it was launched during the pandemic. Yes. And um, 
now how has how has life changed uh i mean you you kind of went over that a little bit with um you know trading files and uh being able to record a little mm-hmm. bit more easily um but how has it uh changed in other ways for you the last year well i mean it's it, it, there's been some some i've been trying to like kind of get some positive things out of out of you know being home and uh one is just reconnecting with with music that i loved growing up mm. and and letting that kind of uh reinvigorate me and get me stoked on playing music i think if you're a full-time musician uh the business can really beat you down and really get you kind of bummed out and you kind of get away from what you connected to music like how you connected to music in the first place absolutely and which is just the joy of playing and listening and stoking on records and stoking on stuff so that's kind of what i did early on was just listen to stuff and i actually so i you know i told you i grew up you know kind of a hard rock kid and so i was kind of listening to a bunch of my rock records and i was like well i've got this recording software why not record some heavy metal so i started kind of writing and demoing some stuff and then i started you know and it gave me a lot of time to write and be creative and then also like you said the collaborations with people Mm. um and i did a little bit of teaching um you know skype or zoom and whatnot but i think that was like my big takeaway from 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 it was was trying to reconnect with something positive instead of being like oh Mm -hmm. i can't go anywhere i mean it's tough i mean to be home for a year but you know i think as as musicians were lucky and as music fans were lucky in that you got time to listen to music and yeah, you, right, you yeah. like playing guitar you've got you know you got you can got time to work on stuff so i actually worked on you know some things musically that were above my head just to challenge myself you oh know? that's great and and i wow, think that was yeah. I, you know i mean do what you can and, and stay positive was, you, was my kind of my head, my headspace there. Yeah. That's so great. Um, do you think fans will be, hmm, I'm not sure what the right question here. Do you think fans will be different at shows once it's full capacity? Do you think like the energy will be even more explosive? It, it, you know, I, I can't imagine what that's going to feel like once uh, I don't you have know, a full man. audience. That's a really good question. Because it's been um, so long. Like, people, you know, like, it, it's the same thing of, you know, you can't uh, come back until you go away. And right. <clears throat> I like that. That's and, and I think a lot of people are going to come back in live performances that are going to just blow people away and you know maybe recreate the human energy that we are missing right now and it'd be like we've heard it for the first time almost yeah almost yeah but yeah, uh, but so, a, sort of familiar that's a really good question mm-hmm. that's a really good question i don't know i would like to think that that shows that once once things are full capacity and i don't know when that's going to be but once that happens i would like to think that yeah it's going to be just a positive you know i mean music's more often than not a positive experience you know but i think initially there's just going to be that surge of like especially you know hardcore music fans like oh i can't believe i'm finally getting to see my favorite band or see these people play and i think for performers it's going to be the same thing i'm just like i'm finally able to reconnect with with people and, and play music um so i mean i've got I've got a tour coming up in about a month in the Midwest with with an artist that I'm producing named Orphan John, and we're going to go out and, oh, yeah. and play some shows. So yeah. that'll be a little dip in the toe in the water, 
that's, that's awesome. going to be at the end of April. And so those shows are not full capacity. Those are going to be socially right. distanced, masked up, you know, observing protocols and whatnot. But uh, yeah, we'll see, man. I That's a great question. I think that's yet to be determined. I, yeah. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that, that, that we'll get there sooner than later, you know, and that uh, that it'll, you know, hopefully we'll get back to some sort of normalcy if that's a if that's a word that yeah. we can use so you well, know it, i think it, we're going to be you know wearing masks on airplanes for for yeah. the, the rest of our lives but aside from that we'll see <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's uh it's kind of a thing where um i, I kind of asked this question to uh our last guest jarvis jarvis, jarvis. jarvis. yeah <clears throat> i was asking um you know the the way people used to attend concerts before cell phones, right? Uh, yeah. The amount of people that would just be there and feel the energy and not have to record it. You know, um, yeah. I'm just wondering how has that affected you throughout the years if um, we're now just you know holding cell phones? Like, does that does that bother you? Does it is it like a uh, a, a pet peeve of yours? I mean, I know a lot of musicians don't know that like some people don't even allow cell phones into venues. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's another good question. Um, I think as a concert goer, it's annoying if everyone in front of you has got their phones up yeah. and, yes. and recording, you know, there's, there's part of me that, that enjoys and is, gl and, I'm, and I'm glad that people document things, uh, you know, but then there's also that whole thing of like, hey, man, if you weren't there, you weren't there. You missed it, you know, mm -hmm. and hopefully there's a live record. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, you know, it's I'm kind of half and half on that one. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm glad that, that that things get captured because it's kind of like um, they're helping I promote think, you I, at the I, same time. Yeah, right? you know? there is that there's the there's that there's the, the promotional aspect. But, you know, if it's every I guess if it's a big giant show, you know, and it's you know, it's Led Zeppelin and, you know, everyone's got their their uh, their cell phones out it's annoying i mean as as a as a person playing music i mean i don't mind it uh, as long as i'm having a good show feel free to record it and put it on youtube um but there's that but there is that aspect too i mean there isn't you know quality control i mean there's you know things up on youtube that are showing bands maybe not in their best light you know or maybe not having their best night and you know whatever that is what it is um mm -hmm. but no i mean i i'm i'm for it i just think that that maybe there should be like a designated filmer <laughs> like okay you film it and put it on youtube and everyone else enjoy the show you know yeah. what i mean or that's whatever. a good idea like, dude yeah because yeah. or, or everyone take turn everyone gets to take turns filming one yeah. song and then make a playlist on youtube and they get one camera the and, they get and then that way you're yeah i, I love like, that like idea. the lottery system like do you, are you planning on filming the show tonight why yes i am take a number you get to film the fourth song number. so you know and then it's like then you're yeah it's all good that's a good idea and, really and see, yeah. we're saving the world we're right here. We could be <laughs> saving live <laughs> <the> shows. <laughs> we're saving shows yeah. one episode at a time, dude. Because yeah, you mess up in front of one camera, and then they put that up, and then all of a sudden, right. like twelve other people broadcasted and I'm like I didn't really mean to hit that note yeah. um, I've got I've, yeah, I've got I've got some like I've got some serious clam some clam chowder break, breaking over I'm here yeah like, no me too my friend like, it's yeah. like what was that like well, what did I you're do get, you, you're supposed to be a professional musician what was that note what's that jazz 
And then you contest. look, and then you look a month later. It's got like you know eight hundred thousand. Oh, just, I got all these views. Like, wait, that many people saw me suck that bad? <laughs> Take it down! <laughs> Take it down! For God's sake! And you can't do a, D- a DMCA thing, or you know, like you can't. No, it just is what it is. Yeah, it's a bad feeling. Mm. Uh, quick segue. <laughs> Speaking of jazz, what did you study at Berkeley College of Music? Um, was there a discipline? It wasn't, it wasn't jazz. Uh, no, okay. I had, um, you know, basically the, the curriculum. I'm, I'm, thankfully, I, I knew how to read music um, and I'd taken some theory classes yeah. and, and stuff. So I actually was able to kind of test out of a few classes. But when I got there, uh, I basically kind of tested out of my freshman year because I'd gone to City College in Santa Barbara. For oh, me. yeah. Great but there program. was, you know, there was an ear training class, uh, you know, transcribing stuff, um, theory class. And, you know, at a certain point, theory becomes math. Like, I'm not, I know just enough theory to kind of get myself in trouble. <laughs> right, <you know>? yeah. <laughs> just enough to get myself in trouble. Um, just enough to figure out how to make Almond Brother harmonies. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of, kind of and that's, that's all funny. I care that's about. That's all you need, really. I can create yeah. an Almond Brothers guitar <laughs> harmony. Good. I'm good. Um, but, uh, so, you know, there were, there, I mean, a lot of the, the theory was, was geared towards jazz. The books were kind of, were jazz books. Yeah. But there were rock guys there. There were metal guys there. There were even, you know, rock and metal instructors and, and stuff. But it, to be honest, I learned more in the rehearsal rooms, jamming with guitar players that just blew me into the weeds than I did in any class. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, because, yeah. because I'd already kind of gotten into blues at that point and improvising and what kind of eventually turned into the jam band scene. And so while I did learn a lot in class and I had some really good instructors, there's nothing like being in a room with a drummer and a bass player and eight guitar players and somebody writing a chord progression up on a chalkboard and taking turns soloing over right, it yeah. and listening to these guys just like slaying and watching like it come closer to you and just going like, Uh-oh. okay, that guy's really, really, really good. And then the next dude takes a solo. It's like, oh, that guy's really, and then it's just like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And so when you're in that position, it's just you just really have to step up and that was kind of more what i learned at school was just to really sort of step into a situation be honest to yourself be honest to the music and and to be listening and it was inspiring because i there were some guys there i swear there was guys there that were so good at just 18 19 20 years old Dude, right yeah and and i just and i felt like supposedly the legend legend has it that the dropout rate at Berkeley amongst guitar players after the first semester is like astronomical. Yeah, it is. It is. Because you get a bunch of hometown heroes up in there and thinking they're all badass. And some guy from the sticks in Indiana comes out and just kills everybody. (laughs) And it's just like, well, I could, I could, I could do something else with my life. And if I start right now, I'll probably be successful or I'm just going to have to work really, really, really hard at this. And that's kind of where I was at. I was like, man, I could probably still be a doctor. I could probably still do something with my life or I could work really, really, really hard at that. And I, I chose I chose that because I really felt that I could have gone either way. There mm-hmm. were guys that were just so, so incredibly good there when I was at Berkeley that that I, I was kind of like, I almost felt silly a couple times. Dude, times. well, if you only felt silly a couple <laughs> times, like, real quick one, like, I totally relate to how you were feeling at the time. I went to this place called CalArts and I, yeah. I auditioned and I, I got in. I was like, oh, crap. 
I got in. And I was going to Ventura uh, College at the time doing like, you know, like you said, the theory stuff and the ear training and stuff like that. And then when I got there, somebody informed me that there were only uh, two undergraduate guitar players in the jazz program and two masters ones. And I was like, what? There's, I'm one of those? How did I get in? And every day I just got pummeled by like Joe LaBarbera and like all these like my jazz heroes. That's why I went there, right? And I don't even play jazz. And I every day I still have nightmares about it. Where I'm like, I'll wake up and be like, I'm unprepared and I cannot sight read through this Charlie Parker. Yeah, team, you yeah, know? dude, I, I, I feel you, man. It's, no, it's gnarly. It's gnarly. I, okay, I got, I got one. I got to share this. Oh, one please with you. do. Yeah, please do. So, so we had what was called a proficiency exam mm-hmm. uh, at the end of every semester, and it was basically. The way I describe it to people is you would go into a room with two guys that have been playing guitar longer than you'd been alive, and they were going to sit down and quiz you on shit. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> and, and, and so, and I, so it, was, it was really horrifying. And so I went in, and thankfully, my first proficiency exam, my private lesson, you also had a private lesson teacher yeah. every semester. And I had a great guy, uh, John Baboyan was his oh, name. Oh, yeah. He's great. And you know who that is? I do, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, killer and really sweet guy. Anyhow, so you normally didn't have your private lesson teacher there for your for those tests, but he was there, so I was a little more relaxed. I don't remember who the other guy was, but one of the things you're supposed to do was learn a classical piece, but play it with a pick. Oh, gosh. Instead of using finger style. So it was like, and so I learned some... Bach, I don't know what it was, and hacked my way through it. And this dude like leans forward in his chair. So I'm 18 years Uh-oh. old. Guy leans forward in his chair and he goes, May I just say that you have one of the worst right hand techniques I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I didn't know what to say. And I looked at John and I was kind of like, Can you believe this dick? And he was just kind of like, <laughs> He was just kind of like, and I was just like, how, how do you say that to somebody? Like, how do you say that? Well, yeah, shake it off, I guess. That, that might have been that might have been the day where I was like, I'm gonna show that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play an arena, and you're gonna be here teaching kids for the last, next thirty years. And so, but yeah, no, it was, wow, it was, that's it a was, good story, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh, pretty, that's it funny. was pretty horrifying. <laughs> it sounds horrifying. My my University of Miami guys, they're like the only ones that I know that come out all like. Yeah, dude, that was rad, and I shred yeah. with Shakira. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, maybe you should have gone to Florida for. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, thanks for sharing that. That's that's cool yeah. to hear the upbringing of it all. Yeah. Wow. Horror stories. Yes. Worth you very much, so. Yeah. <laughs> so you've had some uh, free time on your hands over this last year. Have you picked up any hobbies or yeah. got to do anything you know, fun? Not. I mean, I. Not really. I've, I've, I've been just really interested in getting, you know, restoked on music. I mean, I, I mean, music, I guess, kind of started as a hobby. I don't know. But it's like I've just really enjoyed. I think, well, 
if I can have a like a sub hobby of playing guitar, <laughs> I've been playing a little bit more acoustic guitar. Mm. Uh, oh, nice. And so that's kind of been a hobby, I guess you could say. <laughs> I normally play electric guitar, but I picked up the hobby of playing acoustic guitar. Now, is it, um, is it always so, Gibson's? Do you have any Fender guitars? You stole my I question. Do. Damn it. Damn it. Um, I was going to do a lightning round on gear. I got this guy right here. Ooh. My camera got blurry. I'm sorry. Oh, There's it's cool. Weird... Our, ours yep. is all messed up, too. It's fine. St but, yeah, looks like is, a Stratocaster. Actually, I can tie this into Boston. I bought Ooh. this guitar in Boston uh, in 1990. Oh, man. There it is. It's, it's one it's of the uh, early 80s 57 go. reissue guitars. Oh, dude. Oh, wow. That's they killer. Had the, whole, the whole the reissue thing. So I got this in Boston. I basically sold... I sold off kind of like my hard rock gear for blues gear. So I sold a, an Ibanez RG series shredder guitar and bought this. And good. this was, I, I refer to this as my, as, as my first good guitar. Wow. Like I refer to this as my wow. good, first good guitar. Look at and, that thing. And this That's is, beautiful. I mean, I, this, you know, this was, wasn't, this was pretty pristine when I bought it and it's definitely been beaten up. Uh, if this was in mint condition, it'd be worth a lot of money, even yeah. though it was made in the early eighties. Mm. But you know, I, um, I, I love Fender guitars. I kind of got to a place in my playing. If if you want to geek out on stuff some more, sure. Okay, was that okay um, with you guys? I, um, I got to a place in my playing where I didn't feel like I was finding my voice. Oh, interesting. On strats, interesting. Um, I felt every time I picked up a strat that I wanted to sound like Jimi Hendrix or Stevie, Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. or Anson Funderburg or or you know Ronnie Earl, which is nothing wrong with that, no, you no. know, even or Buddy Guy. There's nothing wrong with that. I just felt like I every time I picked one of these up that that was kind of where I my head automatically went because it sounds a certain way. Each instrument has a certain identity, and I think if you're really strongly connected to certain players and their influence, when you hear that sound, when you hear a Stratocaster, mm -hmm. that's what I want to play. Yeah. And so. I had um, I'd gotten into uh, the Almond Brothers uh, pretty heavily in the in the early '90s, and when I came home from school, I was really in a big, deep kind of Warren Haynes oh, phase, yeah. I guess you could say. And uh, so I got my first Les Paul, I think, in like 1992 or '93. And once mm -hmm. I started playing a Les Paul, I've, I I just felt that I was able to kind of be more myself even though like the Les Paul is obviously an iconic guitar and you could argue that if you pick up a Les Paul, you want to play like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or someone like that. But I just really felt that the Les Paul was something that allowed me to be more of my, bring out more of what I feel like I sounded like as a guitar player, as, as opposed to trying to sound like somebody else. That's great. Have you, have you ever blended the two? Because I have a guitar. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll get it right now. I have a guitar. Yeah, let's do some. Let's let's break out the axes. <laughs> let's let's just do this jam thing. right now, dude. Let's break oh, them out. Let's do this. I, I this see is where he's going. One of my with favorite this. guitars. This is oh, interesting. A Jaguar with uh, Gibson hardware. Some humbuckers oh. in there. Yeah, yeah and all kinds of weird switches. I have not, man. I have not. Humbuckers, uh, humbuckers uh, in the bridge. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it sounds exactly like if a, if a Fender and a, and a Gibson had, had a baby. baby. Yeah, this I is what you're gonna say that. I I play one like that. Yeah. I like those. I like, um, you know, like Telecaster Deluxes are cool guitars. They have those humbuckers in them. Actually, yeah. Tab uses uh, those thin line tellies. Oh, man. Like, yeah. Which is like a semi hollow and then it's got a humbucker in it. And that's a very unique 
sound too. I actually, I kind of want to get one of those because it kind that kind of kind of sort of almost kind of combines like it a, is like yeah three thirty five kind of thing with um with with a Fender vibe and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, there's nah, there's so many cool. There's guitars so many. There. We're never gonna <laughs> stop buying guitars, man. Don't tell anyone that you're related to in life that it's <laughs> it's never gonna stop. And the pedals, the UPS yeah. guy's just gonna keep dropping them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedal. I've got a I've got a kind of a love hate relationship with with pedals. You know, I mean, I, ideally. And Tab, so the, going back to the record for a second, Tab yeah. does not use any pedals. Oh, dude, he's like a Pete Curry old school guy. He like, just turn wants the amp to plug straight. So he, but yeah. his amps are his amps are kind of souped up. Like he basically plays through like a really kind of souped up super reverb by this company called Category Five. Oh yeah, and then Those he also killer, he also yeah. has a, a souped up twin, and that's kind of his sound. Oh snap! And when wow. we made the record, I played through one of his kind of super amps but i i also was like hey man do you have a marshall down there yeah like, right <laughs> so he actually had this guy he knows that kind of makes uh kind of marshall ish heads and so there was a 50 watt marshall head and a, i don't know the brand name and a 412 cabinet and so that was kind of the guitar sound of the oh, record wow. was a twin so the, i i tried to not use any pedal so there's not really much in the really? way of pedals on that record yeah, yeah. I have, um, I don't know if I've got one lying around. What were you? This is not an advertisement, by the way. <laughs> yes, it is. But, it's going to be one. This, I don't know if you've checked out one of these. It's I, have five of them. Yes, <laughs> I have five of them. The EP five, booster. Yeah, I've got three of them. Oh, it's that. The, I win. It's the, it's the EP booster. It's, and, yeah. um, and, it's, and so that was really the only pedal I really used on the record. No kidding. Just that. to push and the front just, end of it. Because that just yeah. drives the front yeah. end of those amps. Wow. Is that what you and, used uh, during the recording of um, the recording for the German show? No, for the recording of the German show, I used. Um, I've got a Soldano Hot Rod Fifty Head. Okay, yeah, it sounds killer. Which is kind of martially, yeah. um, and that through like a, a Hughes and Kettner Four Twelve cabinet with a, a reverb pedal through the effects loop. But that, <laughs> but even that, I mean, I'm just I'm, you cheater. Let's we can geek. Um, but even that, so I would rather have that where I'm really only hitting a boost pedal or I'm wow. using my volume knob because I really want to try and get the distortion from the head if yeah. I can. No, it sounds but, like you do. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Well, the, yeah, no, that's ideal. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is if you're traveling and you can't bring a big amp and you have to bring a small yeah. Fender amp, then you really kind of have to have an overdrive pedal um, to get to, to, to do that. Or if you're doing fly dates and, you you know, it's like, you know, the back line is a twin reverb. And if you don't have a distortion pedal, you're doomed yeah, to super die doomed. a yeah. slow, painful, <laughs> clean guitar like the death in front of a bunch of people. The front of house guy will kill you. Yeah. I, yeah, so I'll, I'll carry, I carry uh, pedals with me too. And I, and I, I love pedals. I mean, I um, recently we did a streaming thing. I was talking about in October and Eddie Van Halen had passed away and he was a huge, huge, huge hero of mine. And, and uh, so I have had this Eddie Van Halen phaser for years just oh, lying dude. around. And I was like, I'm putting that back on my pedal board and I'm using that. And we actually did, uh, we did like a little Eddie Van Halen tribute before one of our songs. And oh, I hit that great. phaser and I was like, oh. yes, it's just such a great sound. Wow, that's <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> such the, a great the real sound. Deal I love, yeah, a little delay. I like a little delay here and there, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
a little delay on some stuff. <laughs> well, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, it's but it, it sounds went off the great. Rails on the so no lightning round. I was I was about to get, do a lightning round and then stop talking about guitars. We have one of the best guitar players in the area on on live. Go for it, Just Joe. Just cut this out. All right, lightning round. Ready? Go for it. What's oh. this? Wait, what's about to happen? This is lightning round. This is a local story. No, I don't. I, okay. We don't have a segment for this yet. I don't know what this is. Joe, go ahead. I, I just made it up. Wait, you didn't get the email? <laughs> Come on, man. You're like two miles away. You all right. Shout it if you <clears throat> So it, I'm going to call it Desert Island. Oh. And it'll all be gear. And it'll probably be cut out of other things that people are like, I don't know what to do. All right, because um, you guys are going to edit this show and put it up on some platforms. So that's right. All the guitar talk is going to be like, Ew. no, dude, we're we're going like straight to eBay with this thing. If, uh, yeah, yeah, eBay, eBay, <laughs> or wherever they sell the guitars. All the gear, yeah, all the gear talk is going to be edited out. Anyone, yeah. anyone watching live, this is the last you're going to hear of the gear talk. I'm just know. curious. So, <laughs> no, I think they're enjoying it. All right, so Desert Island acoustic guitar. Are you, are we going in a circle? I'll go or? first, Martin. Yeah. Brand? Oh no, what? I was asking Alistair, but no, if you you couldn't answer too. <laughs> oh, I, I I mean I can be I don't have the answer. Oh, I didn't mean to cut no. you off. But I was I was just like, so excited for this for this game yeah, show dude, now. What you, what's your... <laughs> Do we need to have a meeting? I think we have to have oh, a production okay. meeting before okay. we actually start these All right. shows. <laughs> so I'll ask the questions. Okay, and you, then no, you ask you ask Alistair, Alistair and then Brian. I'll I'll supplement. But Alistair goes first. Okay. okay. Desert Island Acoustic Guitar, Alistair. Um, well, I don't actually own anything like that great. So I would say other than my national. Oh. I have a steel-bodied national guitar. It's not out. I've got like most of my guitars laying around, but my national is not. But yeah, that would be my Desert Island Acoustic. Uh, that's a sneaker right there. Yeah, man. You didn't see yeah. that one coming. I did not. Brian, <laughs> Desert Island Acoustic Guitar. It has to be by Martin. Uh, I, I can't remember what uh, it's an it's an electric. It's like an E, whatever the hell. Yeah, the cutaway. That's uh, a nice one. Yeah. All right. So that's the, that's the one. Cool. It sounds good every time. All right, um, Alistair. What about you, Joe? Oh, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jack, come on, man. Come You're on, on you got to play. Now. So a, a long time ago, I did some tracks for the the Leanne Rhymes people and they offered me six thousand dollars for this little guitar that i didn't like that much it was made by larave and oh, they, i've heard of them yeah they're yeah. an oxnard okay. right Local. and uh this was so many years ago and they said we need that guitar they're in rosewood texas wow. and uh, it was kind of like the beginning of rem- remote stuff and i was like uh that's a lot of money nope <laughs> And that's the same one that's falling apart right now. Uh, I love my D35, but I, it's a LVO9. It's a cutaway acoustic, and it just records perfectly, and you don't have to EQ it too much. So, so who's, it, who's it made by? Larave LVO5. Okay. Yeah, okay. Does, yeah. does John Jones have one of those, wow. or is he using some? I, I believe he's got, he's a Loudon dude. Oh, that's is, right, Loudon. It yeah. Was one of those, it was one of those L-named yeah. guitars. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Larave's an Oxnard, actually, and, and Canadia as well. Okay. But Local local show. Yep. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. the so they, offered, they offered you 6000 for it. What did you pay for it? I got really lucky because at the time I had an endorsement deal, and I oh. think I only paid maybe... Oh, 
2000, 2500, mm. something like wow. that. That's pretty good. But then it paid my rent for a long time. And uh, I was like, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not the shreddy guy like you guys are. I'm, I'm, I'm not I do guy. like acoustic guitar parts and things like that. So yeah. <laughs> I got, I, it's still in my house right now. I don't even let it go to the studio because. Don't even oh, let it go outside. It's <laughs> under my don't bed. Even look at it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, next good. one. Desert Island uh, single coil guitar. Oh, that Strat. Yeah. That I just showed you. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the one. Now, did MJ wind you some pickups for that one, or are they? Not a- for that one. I've got I've got. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I have any like custom shop stuff. That actually, that one might have custom shop single coils in it. Most of my uh, hum, um, humbuckers pickups are all production model. Yeah. Seymour Duncan uh, pickups. She wound. I've got something lying around that she wound. I think I've got one of those uh, J, a JB, like a special custom JB lying around. Nice. That, that she wound. Yeah. So Shout I've, out I've got, to MJ. You know, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Hmm. All right. Brian. Well, actually, I converted one of my strats because <laughs> I didn't like the single coil. <laughs> yeah. So I put a, a double humbucker uh, fat boy in there. Yeah, that. you got a fat strat up there on the mm-hmm. wall. You can't see it, Alistair, but we're looking at a black fat strat. I don't want to put that That's cool. sticker on yeah. <laughs> Shana, I'm a fan. Uh, Shana, what's your favorite single coil guitar? Uh, whichever one you guys suggest. <laughs> Very good. That's cool. Amazing. I just, I just amazing like pick. hearing them being played. I don't really care what it is. All right. I won't make it go on too long. Favorite. <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't torture everyone out there that does not care about guitar. Or just cut it off. viewers fun, are just man. going like, yeah. no. You're watching, you're watching the viewership just go. <laughs> okay, bye. And there's like one guy going like, oh, I'm going to put this on the <laughs> message board right now. Yes. <laughs> Can you talk about TikTok more? This is boring. <laughs> All right. Favorite humbucker real quick. Guitar humbucker guitar? Yeah. Uh, it's Ooh. either my, le- well, that's a hard one. This you're guy, a humbucker right? guy, man. This guitar is so Oh, good, the 335. Or, yeah, this guitar yeah. is kind of a game changer for me. Dude, you sound so great on that thing. It's nuts. Uh, thanks, man. I, I don't, I don't really take it out. Yeah. Um, but uh, just I, you know, I take my Les Paul everywhere. I mean, I love my Les Paul that I that I, you know, play with mm. um, all the time. But that guitar is just magic. Three thirty five is just wow. magic guitar. Wow. What year is that? Do you remember? That's not that old. That was a uh, two thousand five. Um, and I bought that off of some guy in L.A. And I was really I wanted this that specific color with the block neck um, the inlays, inlays on the neck, yeah. you know. And I didn't want the dots. And basically, because that was kind of like you know, like a Freddie King or, or Clapton and Cream yeah. kind of thing with the, with the red and whatnot. And I found a guy selling one for fairly, a, you know, pretty inexpensive. And I just, you know, met him in a parking lot in L.A. That's how we used to do it. You know what I mean? I actually met him at Norm's. Oh, you met him at Norm's? Norm's. Just to make sure the guitar, just to have him authenticate it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, rare guitars. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I was just like, hey, man, if I buy a shirt and a strap, will you guys tell me if this is a real Gibson? Because I knew it was like, you're not. it's not cool to walk into a guitar store and go, hey, can you tell me about this guitar that I'm not buying from? you so i was like i'll buy a shirt and a strap and just tell me if this is a real gibson that's they were kind of and they were kind of like well i don't know 
And I was like, come on, guys. Anyhow, but it was a real Gibson. That's a brilliant idea, dude. (laughs) Because there's a lot of, you know, you go to L.A. and buy a a purse from Gucci. It might not be from Gucci. You you don't know. Dude, that guitar looks rad. I have the same era, but I've got the dot one. And it's like the one Mm. I just can't get rid of. That's like my desert island. Yeah, they're guitars, man. They really are. Wow. And you shred on it as well. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds really good. Uh, my favorite humbucker, the Gib, the one that I don't know what year. I think it's '56 Gibson Gold Top or something. Yeah, I've got one of those. Uh, those are amazing. No, just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you don't have one of those at all. <laughs> no, I'd be rich, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're like five thousand dollars for a reissue. You don't have one either. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I, that's why must. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. All but, right. Uh, yeah, of one I own, I would probably say. My SG, the SG, yeah. the SG uh, yeah, is I like so S- good. I've got an SG. Those are great guitars. Yeah, that's a, a guitars. Really, just smooth. Um, it just sounds uh, really nice and compressed, and uh, just a well-rounded. You know, just uh, great it, it sounds like a you know if if it was a the guitar. Uh, sports, it would be like a, a NASCAR, you know, just reliable, always there, mm-hmm. and just fucking does its, you know, does its job. Shows up every yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool yeah I've a suit like a gentleman, you know. It's a Chevy. I've always described it like to my ears. <laughs> Toyota, the, the, no. the Strat and the uh, the Les Paul have a baby, and yeah. and that's kind of what it does. Yeah, you know, it's like right in the middle, but you know, not as many options as a Strat or whatever. Yeah, I don't even own one. I had to give Neil Katzels back a, a little bit ago, but mm. but it, that was like a '60s one that was really cool. Mm. Anyways, okay, I'll spare the distortions and delays, <laughs> and phasers, <laughs> and vibrato. That'll be for the next show, I think. Yeah, reverbs and <laughs> oh goodness, wow, Joe. And we didn't even get into amplifications and oh, liking no. techniques and what volume you should use. <laughs> Attenuations and in-ear monitors for large wow, gigs. Wow, you're going deep oh, now. Yeah, sorry, I, okay, I gotta stop. I, I watch too many YouTube videos, so I don't yeah. actually know how to host them. It's okay. It's, it's been a pandemic, no, Joe. It's fine. <laughs> Thanks for that, Alistair. That was fun. No, man. I'm, I'm all about geeking on that stuff. That's cool. so funny. Okay. So um, do you want to wrap it up with um, any any tours? Um, I know you got the, the Living Today video, um, which we are going to promote at the end of this uh, show here. Um, what can you tell us about any any shows? I'm I'm, I'm sure there's well, going to be shows opening up soon. Yeah, well, I'm as as uh, mentioned, I'm producing this band from Bakersfield called Orphan John and the Abandoned, and uh, in a strange twist of fate, uh, their guitar player left before we started going in to make the record, and I was like, I oh, know somebody man. that plays guitar, and so <laughs> I ended up playing guitar on the record and writing a bunch of material. Uh, for it and then he had a tour booked and I didn't have any tour booked and so I'm going to go out with him at the end of April for about 10 days in the Midwest and uh, then I'm going to be going out uh, at some point this summer with Tab Benoit to open for him Wow, cool! Uh, on some US dates and that'll be hap- I, I don't have anything that I can announce but if you keep an eye can I start pimping my social media and my website now is that clear, you guys? Yes, yeah please. go for it yeah. if, you, if you can spell my name which is a challenge to most, but if you can spell my name, you can go to alistairgreen.com. Three A's and three E's, or 
you can just do my initials and the word songs, AG songs, that'll land you there. And then that's got oh. links to all my socials and stuff. So yeah, tour dates. I just, we just announced the tour uh, with John a couple of days ago and um, we just released an acoustic single for Bayou Mile um, a couple of weeks ago. So we have a video for that that's going to be coming out and we got awesome. another, another single in the works. So, you know, just, it's an interesting time to be a musician, just trying to keep your music out there and, and whatnot. And it looks like gigs are going to start slowly coming back so i think um you know i, I liked your question earlier like what's going to happen what's the energy going to be like you know <laughs> it's all about that, human energy i'm finding yeah I'm, I'm i'm curious man i'm, I'm curious what it's going to be like in a room with not a lot of people in it it's yeah. funny just side joke you know people are like oh you know you know whatever it's half capacity or only able to you know have you know 20 percent capacity or only allowed 10 people and it's like man i've been playing to empty rooms my whole yeah. life like, <laughs> i don't like what's the difference i played for like, the waitresses the, at oh, the roxy gonna be, okay. gonna be 20 people there it's like oh okay. no yeah. so anyhow I, I, yeah. I thought that i i didn't invent that joke i don't know who did but i thought that was hilarious man i've been playing empty rooms for years yeah it's pretty true man so bring it on right like let's just get back out like, on the damn road exactly? and play some music oh my god yeah it'll be the same as it was before uh, except now we're allowed <laughs> right. to do it right. <laughs> only the only the five people that are there are gonna be wearing masks that's cool i, I like wearing those too then no one knows who i am oh man you can find uh alistair's new music if you go to alistairgreen.com like he said and you you can visit his YouTube page. We're committed to helping him reach over 1,000 subscribers. We're almost there. And yes. we are giving away a copy of his latest CD, New oh, World Blues, to one, le one lucky person who goes and subscribes to his YouTube channel. So do it now. Wow. Congrats now. on that record, man. Yeah. It so, sounds killer, so you dude. Have to, Thanks, man. I'm all very, you have I'm to do. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you want to win uh, one of those CDs, all you have to do is go hit the subscribe button on his YouTube channel, leave a comment on his latest video, Living Today, and just say you saw it on the local show, and then we'll know who you are. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. Perfect. Perfect. See, you guys, yeah. you guys figured You're that out. I didn't there. have to do anything. All I got to do is mail somebody a CD now. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's on you now. You're <laughs> you have work to do I, I, now. I, I, you have homework. That's what I've been doing. I've been mailing CDs. What have you been doing during lockdown? Mailing CDs. Mailing CDs, T-shirts. <laughs> you know, uh, dude, that's awesome. Okay, so what do we got going up next? Yeah, for our next so, show. Thanks so much, Alistair, yeah, for joining you so us much. today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate this all. This has of been you such and a great, great uh, conversation. I've learned so much tonight about guitars, guitar pedals. Yes. Yeah. I have one more question for Alistair, no. and then I'll shut oh, up. Yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> What's your question? So, Joe? your favorite aunt? No. no uh, <laughs> Stop. So, next time you come on, we got to like actually play music together, and like I oh. could be in a different room, or you know, we got to like do something. The next time we'll have yeah, him man. over in the well, studio. I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, if you have a situation there that's that's sanitary, I could come down and. I'll bring, well, my I'll bring my national. Oh, that would be cool. We could figure something out. I'll hose you off on the way in. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. You got to hose yeah. me off, too. I'll, I'll come in with my hazmat suit. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got a space suit. We'll be good. We got to play music. It, it, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'd love to, man. That'd All be right. Great. We're going to rope you back in. I'll buy you in and out. Oh, yeah, right. I'm done. Awesome. Thank, thanks, Alistair. We appreciate Thank you being you on the so show much. tonight. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you so Cheers. much. And we're going to tease the next show. So, yeah, yeah. so next week, so Tuesday, mm -hmm. we've got Bobby Dixon joining us all the way from Bobby Folsom, Dixon. California. Wow. That's yes. awesome. Uh, who, so, who's that? Oh, you know who Bobby Dixon is. I don't know. 
I think you do. So I haven't seen him in a long time. I don't know well, him anymore. So it turns out there's this uh, really long time running uh, Johnny Cash tribute band called Big River. Oh. I think they've been around for what about twelve years? I think. Uh, probably ten or twelve. Ten yeah. to twelve years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Bobby's the lead singer of that band, and he sounds just like Johnny Cash. Yeah, Except I, I not. heard him, and he's. Exactly like him. It's 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 crazy. It's creepy, actually. Well, he, you know, here's the funny part: is Joe actually plays in that band? No, he does. Stop it. Yes. Stop it. Well, I technically I don't right now because well you're here, so you're well, not playing yeah. in the band right now. Well, and I haven't for like a year because okay. things have been well, a little nobody's, weird. But, uh, nobody's been playing. But I have been with them for over a decade. Well, but we're. Uh, we're hoping for a Big River reunion here soon. Okay. That would be cool, yeah. Wow. We could yeah. work that out. We might not get along anymore. I don't know. That's okay. Just play we, might not actually, we might suck at music now. We haven't done it for a while. <laughs> I'll play the triangle. It'll be fine. Yeah, okay. I'm going to get you guys together because Vintern loves your band. Yeah. Well, it is a fun little band. Yeah, so next week, tune in on uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Oh, wow. We're going to be talking to Bobby. He's going to play some tunes for us. Oh, it's going to be awesome. great. That's going to be so cool. Cool. All right. Well, for br- for myself and Joe and Shana, this is the local show. Alistair Green. Alistair Green. Go check him out, and we'll see you next time. Shredding. Yes. What pedal was that? <laughs>